Welcome to our Lead to Succeed podcast, where we share leadership and business growth insights, both from our own experiences and that of our guests. We're the hosts. I'm Rebecca Jenkins, founder of Argen, helping companies to grow by finding, gaining and growing the best clients. And I'm Callum, sharing my perspectives from both being an entrepreneur and working in a variety of different companies. Whether you lead a team or a business, you'll find practical tips, inspirational insights and ideas as we discuss a wide range of leadership topics. So with that, here's today's episode. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Lead to Succeed podcast and thank you as always for taking a listen where we have amazing guests and today we are joined with Catherine Hyde. And Catherine, a very big welcome to you. Catherine is a fixer and a startup founder of Hooper Hyde. And her strapline is Law Collaboratively, which I really love because for me, it's the essence of great business when you work in collaboration. Mm-hmm. So a very big welcome to you, Catherine. Would you, you like to do an introduction, please? Sure. Yes. Yeah. So as you as you said, my name is Catherine Hyde and I'm the founder and a solicitor of Hooper Hyde. Um, the strapline of law collaboratively really comes from um, the idea that actually I want to work with clients, not for clients. So it's very much about understanding the real ins and outs of their business and how we as solicitors can add value and not just kind of dip in and out as and when they need us, but actually really help support them whether that's you know growth or resolving a conflict or you know whatever that might be so I just I I it stems around relationships I suppose is the best way of putting it and the importance of those relationships and and there being a two-way street and two two two-way communication and not just kind of me as your solicitor barking at you about what I think you should be doing but more figuring out a way that works for you so yeah I love the approach of collaboration. It's been at the heart of how I like to to work and do business. So what has influenced you in having that kind of approach in your business? Um, I think it probably stems from my history of... So when I qualified, and, and perhaps a step before that, when I wanted to qualify as a solicitor... It was very much because I wanted to help people. And I think as I, the further along I got in my career as an employed solicitor, so an employee, I felt that I was actually helping people less. I almost had less contact with clients. And I think I got to a point where I kind of thought, why why am I doing this when this isn't what I had set out originally to do and wasn't why I wanted to become a solicitor and qualify? Um, And then I had children, so I think had an opportunity to reflect really on on where I was going and which direction I wanted to go in and have had the idea of having my own firm for a really long time. But, you know, it's quite quite a daunting prospect, I think. You know, there's a lot of regulation around it. There's, you know, your PI insurance. There's, There's so much to think of around just starting up a business that I was sort of, I was always putting it off you know there was never a right time and and then um a friend of mine um she started her own firm and I was like okay maybe I can do it too and then I put it off again because <laughs> I was like oh no, this is too scary and just happened to come um across somebody who was really enthusiastic about me doing it because he felt that I bought 
a different approach to the table that was more about relationships and more about the human aspect of the legal profession that actually we needed a change and we needed to make it more real and more human centered. Um, so he just really encouraged me to start up. So, you know, I, I, I think it was about six months in the making properly where I, I fully decided and committed to make the choice to actually go for it. And then I launched in May this year, 1st of May was my kind of unofficial launch date because I was too scared to make the announcement. So I actually announced it on the beginning of June because, because I was too scared to put myself out there initially. I sort of had to, had to find my feet a little bit, I think in the first month. And then I announced it on the 1st of June, but actually the official launch date was the 1st of May. What have you learned in those last four to five months? Gosh, so much. Um, I've learned that you can't do everything yourself. I've learned that you have to accept that perhaps you have gaps in, in your skill set. I have learned that the idea of, um, you know, this whole concept of the, the riding the waves of entrepreneurship, and, and I hate that word, I hate that, yeah, the idea of entrepreneurship, you know, I'm a business owner, I'm not an entrepreneur yet, um, but to kind of ride those waves, and I, and I had sort of waited for the lows to hit and I had my first low last week actually and you know I think I had been perhaps a little bit naive but yeah was, you you definitely have to ride those waves and and just learn to live with them and that actually they'll they're short-lived and they will pass um and it might feel like it's massive today but tomorrow it probably won't and yeah, I think those are probably the main lessons that I've learned I think so far there's probably more I'm sure. I, I, I've been on a massive learning curve for the past five months. <laughs> it goes with the territory, though, doesn't it? Those yeah. those challenges and those highs and lows. And yes. I think, as you say, that's the message I say to myself. It will pass. Mm. And yeah. there's a good learning in it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Might not see it when you're in the thick of the storm, but in the eye of the storm. But there's always a good learning in it somewhere. Yes, absolutely. That will help to move you forward. And I love the phrase, which I know is pretty common these days, get comfortable with being uncomfortable mm, it's because so that's, true that's where we learn isn't it absolutely it's so true I think it's a really important concept to accept and acknowledge when you first start your own business is actually there are going to be things that you have to do that you don't want to do there are going to be things that actually you know make you really uncomfortable but you have to just face them head on and that's it and get through them and it's mm. never quite as bad as I think you think it might be as <laughs> yeah you can build it up can't you to mm. be something that's massive but actually it's not that bad when you when you get through the other side well someone gave me a piece of advice they said don't create the story so don't assume that you know everything about a situation that's happening you know find out facts rather than trying to fill in gaps because supposedly human nature is if we only have a small percentage of information, we naturally want to fill in the gaps of it. Mm-hmm. And actually you're better off not doing that and just stepping outside of it, taking the emotion out of it and thinking it of it from a factual level only. And I think it's been a really important piece of advice that I received is to stop a second, take the emotion out of it and stop, don't create the story. Such a great uh, point to make 
Catherine, and, and I would just love to add to that, that very often when we're given um, a piece of information and we don't actually agree with it, or instead of just taking it for what it is, our mind goes into overtime to prove that that fact is actually wrong rather than mm. just accepting that it could possibly be right. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. That's an, another kind of way that our mind works that we have to battle with when we're given some news that we disagree with or we don't think is right. Yes, absolutely. Try to justify it. The mind really tries to justify it. Absolutely, yeah. Let's talk about leadership. So okay. in your experience, I mean, give us a little bit of background as to um, leaders that you've worked with that have really impressed you and how that's shaping um, your leadership style and maybe leaders that haven't impressed you so much and what you've learned from that. Yeah, so in terms of leaders that have impressed me, and what you know the kind of benefits that I've derived from that I think it very much centers around allowing people the space to be themselves and bring their unique skill set to the table you know so I often felt a little bit like a square peg in a round hole in the larger kind of corporate firms but I remember one particular boss that I had who really embraced that and you know was his door was always open so whenever I had an idea that might be a little bit wacky you know he was always open to hearing it and he might not necessarily think it's a great idea too and he would give me you know pros and cons and we'd talk it through but he would give me the space and the platform to have those conversations on the flip side I've had bosses who don't want you to have an opinion you know how dare you have an opinion about anything? How dare you question the process? How dare you, you think that there might be a better way of doing this? And so I suppose that's something I want to take with me forwards being a leader myself is actually I want people to feel that they have the space and the platform to express themselves and have ideas and bring, bring themselves to the table, bring what they have to give to me and let's, let's use it to our benefit. I, I, I don't know how to do everything. I'm not brilliant at everything. I don't profess to have the best ideas in the world, you know, but I think it's really important that you allow people space to, to be who they are, because I think you get the best out of people when you embrace people authentically. And this authentically, you know, being authentic is thrown around so much these days, but I genuinely believe it's so true that you get the best out of people if you allow them to be authentic. What happened, um, Catherine, and thank you for sharing that, when you had leaders that didn't want to hear your ideas and didn't encourage you, I mean, what impact did that have on you? Oh, just, I mean, it was awful, to be honest. You know, you feel um, suppressed. You know, you feel like you're not heard. I, You know, I felt really undervalued I think is probably the best way to describe it I just kind of felt like oh you know all right then why am I here <laughs> if not to add value and to try you know what why, why are any of us here if not to try and do the best that we can do and if you don't want me to you know I'm, I'm not suggesting that my ideas are the greatest but if you don't even want me to have any ideas or have any opinions or you know 
bring something to the table. What exactly am I doing here? And I think it was really, um, it's really hard because, because you take that kind of, it's rejection and you take it to heart and you, you kind of think, well, uh, okay, what, you know, what, what's my role here then? What's my purpose? Am I just here to just churn out this work and be on this treadmill and not be creative and you know it was horrible yeah did you ever feel that you could really challenge that because I think this for me stems back to the culture that the leader creates in the business yeah and then when you set that culture it's the behaviors that align to that culture so did you ever feel you could really challenge that I think it's hard I think Mm. and I think it's harder in the larger companies where the culture is so ingrained uh, and you might have you might have sub teams with mini cultures but actually if if what if the message you're getting from the top down is actually you know no just do as you're told do as I say that's it you know I think it's really hard for you to break outside of that mold and really and really affect any change and I think that's probably what happened to me is I just kept hitting a brick wall and thought, well, the only way I'm going to make any changes is by actually branching out and doing it myself, you know? So that's been good for you because Mm. you've taken that experience and said, I'm going to do my own thing and I'm going to do my own thing differently. Mm. What advice would you give to people working their business, generally enjoying it, but feeling that it's, they'd quite like to challenge their leader, but maybe a little bit concerned about doing that mm, thinking because think, it's risky isn't it you know you're going to challenge your boss and your boss isn't receptive to it how how now looking back how would you what would you suggest to somebody to kind of go about doing that I think it's really hard because if you know they're not receptive you're sort of going into the lion's den aren't you sort of mm. knowing that you're going to get your head bitten off <laughs> um it very much depends, I suppose, what you're trying to challenge. But I guess I would probably recommend to someone that they perhaps come up with a business case for something if they want to change a process. Um, perhaps, you know, if they've got a colleague that who is a bit of a confidant, maybe they can have a conversation about perhaps getting together and having that conversation with their boss, you know, strength in numbers and all that sort of thing. Um, and I think sometimes you've just got to be brave because, like I said earlier, don't don't create the story. So don't assume that the person who you're going to, to challenge, and you know, by challenge, it doesn't have to be a negative thing, you know, just to actually have got a new idea that I think might be a good idea. You know, don't assume that they're going to reject it because they might not, you know, they might just think, actually, I think this is necessary. And, and if you hadn't had that conversation with them, how were you ever going to know what the outcome was going to be? If, you, if you're not just brave, and bold and ask the question um so yeah I think I think I think it's a hard one because it, it depends on your audience doesn't it it does and it's it could, it could feel very risky and I, and I think that's why the number is staggering I think it's something like 70 percent um Tom Peter said this on our podcast of of workers are not motivated in the companies that they're working and that's a global statistic it's not just in the UK 
That's sad, isn't it? That's yeah, really it's sad. It's a massive yeah. number. So there must be lots of leaders out there that are not really encouraging their teams, allowing them to come forward with creative and new ideas. Mm-hmm. And so there's a still a big kind of shift that we need to make. And what tips would you give maybe to um, a leader? And you think of that person who you worked with that wasn't encouraging your ideas and now you could go and challenge them and give them some tips to change there's no risk now because you're doing your own thing so what maybe we have some listeners now some leaders now thinking oh maybe I don't encourage my team to come up with new ideas do you have any suggestions for what leaders might do crikey that's tough because I'm thinking about this one particular boss that I had and she was just a tyrant she was terrifying. I think I lasted about nine months in that role. It was one of my first jobs out of university. And, you know, so I was this newbie who was keen to learn and wanted to get it right. And oh gosh, what tips would I give to her? What conversation would I have with her now? Crikey. Um, That's a tough one. I think I would say to her that her approach was not conducive with a positive working environment. I think that I would say to her that it's important that she acknowledges what skill set people bring and rather than seeing it as a threat, seeing it as um, a benefit to the team. Um, do you think do you think this person really didn't appreciate that there could be so much more benefit in having a team that felt very empowered to do what they were doing and not feel scared of her do you think that person she didn't understand the power behind that and how much more effective the team could be more how high performance could be achieved in the business better results could be delivered do you think that there's just a gap in understanding maybe I don't I I mean I just I obviously I'm not in her head so I don't know why she felt that being you know a, a tyrant was how to get the best out of your team um I just, I mean, maybe I just, perhaps she just didn't realise that actually there was a better way. I, I don't know whether she felt threatened by the people around her and therefore, you know, had to keep them down, let's suppress them. And then, you know, they're not going to overtake me. I don't know. I don't know what it was. I, I think it, it, it's a shame. It's a real shame that anyone feels so stressed and negative in their role as a leader that they have to, you know, micromanage and mm. and rule with an iron fist. And, you know, I, I just never have understood it because they must feel so insecure themselves. Do you think to it, do that? Do you think, though, Catherine, it starts with mindset? You know, do you think it starts with how you see life, the lens that you look at life through? yeah I I do I think I think it very much filters through from your personal life I think yeah because why you can't be one person outside of work and another inside of work you're either 
you know, glass is half empty or glass is half full, you know. And, and I think, you know, mindset has a huge impact on the way someone leads, because if they're, if they're constantly in fear and constantly in, you know, this lack mode, they're always going to be on, you know, high alert and high stress level. Whereas actually, if they, you know, it sounds a bit hippy dippy, but, you know, in the kind of an abundant mindset, then that filters through into everything that they do. So, yes, I do think mindset has a huge impact on, on it. Yeah. We had um, a, a conversation on our last podcast with a millennial specialist. Right. And he was talking about how millennials like to be led. And that by 2025, something like 75% of the, or 79, I think it might have been, of the workforce are going to be represented by millennials. And he came up with some really interesting ideas for how to lead millennials, one of which was to hold anxiety parties, which was a new one on me. Hold an anxiety party? What does that mean? That you'll just sit around being anxious? Well, (laughs) it was to provide psychological comfort Okay. Um, for uh, millennials who may be feeling more stressed or more anxious, particularly mm. with what we've been facing mm. with the pandemic over the last 18 months. And that you could have a non-judgmental, bring everybody together who might be feeling a bit anxious and just talk very candidly and openly about any anxieties that you may you may be feeling right. um, in the sense of there's a unity there and people may be able to share techniques that they've used to help them with their anxieties so Mm. as you grow your business and take increase your team and maybe have millennials working with you it might be an interesting concept so what's your your first sort of take on that gosh I mean I'm not sure that I would want to share to that level with if I'm just thinking in the context of previous jobs that I've had would I want to share that level of anxiety or personal, you know, feelings and with with people that I work with? I'm not sure I would. You know, I I my my immediate response to that idea is I don't know that that's going to work because I'm not sure people want other people to know their insecurities and their frustrations and you know it's a nice idea. I'm just not that convinced you would get people really opening up? I think it's in on the sort of backdrop of having a culture that there's more, it's more about um, a linear management structure, a flat mm-hmm. management structure, where you're creating friendships, where you're having um, a different type of culture, non-hierarchical. Yeah. People so, feel yeah. free to kind of share. Yeah, so that absolutely makes sense. And I suppose that comes back to the point I made about giving people space Mm. to be who they are, you know, warts and all, good and bad. Um, As long as you don't bring, you know, stress to the workplace every single day, you know, there's got to be peaks and troughs, you know, like any human being. Um, But yeah, so I I do agree with that that kind of culture, for sure. You know, my door's always open, anything. You know, I I, I said it to a client today, you know, she was really stressed about something. And I said, better to tell me about the stress and we'll figure it out than hide it, pretend you're fine and that I'm not helping you handle that. 
you know, because I'm a litigator. So you're going to be stressed because litigation is super stressful. But if you tell me you're fine, I'm just going to continue to manage the case as if you're fine. If you're not fine, I need to know. I need to know what's stressing you out. Maybe it's easily dealt with in a conversation that you're stressing about that actually five minutes time, you won't be stressing about any longer. You know, so I definitely think it's important to have that kind of open open culture and, you know, collaboration, it's law collaborative, you know, kind of filters back into the, the culture of what I want to create. But yes, so yes, I would agree if that's kind of what the anxiety party concept is about, then I do agree that I think it's a really good positive thing to have in a in a workplace and I think it leads uh, to your approach as well collaboration but being empathetic so really understanding that the client might be finding this incredibly difficult it doesn't it's not difficult to you that's mm. what you handle all the time that's what you deal with but to the client it could be really painful for them mm. and Absolutely. just showing that emotional intelligence um, that you I really think- care I think that's something that we have forgotten how to do in business. And, and I think we've forgotten that we're all human beings mm. and we all have good days and bad days. And, you know, I just would like to have a business that acknowledges that from both sides, you know, we're human beings and I will have a crappy day and I will probably be grumpy and then I will have a great day and I won't be. And I will acknowledge my own forthcomings. And, you know, I'm sorry if I have done something to upset you. I just think we need to remember that we're all human beings, even in business. And actually, sometimes I might get it wrong. You're, you're so right. I completely agree. We have to remember that we are all humans. And we need to be kind to each other mm-hmm. yeah. and care about each other. And it reminds me of an early podcast with Sarah Flay, who said, if I'm having a really bad day, I tell my team, I'm having a really bad day. Leave <laughs> yeah. me alone. Yeah, I- I'm no good to you today. So yeah. let's not even try. <laughs> Just leave me to get on. And whatever it is, if it can be parked till tomorrow, let's park it and perhaps I'll wake up in a better mood I just I, I absolutely agree I think it's a great way because it because you're showing people that actually they too can have a bad day yes. and they too can have a good day and that's okay and they don't have to hide it and then it you know it filters through into things like if you if they make a mistake they're going to feel comfortable saying oh, I've made a mistake and I need your help to fix this not yeah. hiding it or worrying about it or you know sitting there filled with anxiety about this thing that they've got to tell you you know I just I think it's so important absolutely what what challenges do you face going forward Catherine what what are you kind of wrestling with or excited about or looking forward to um I think well I've just I've just taken on um a virtual assistant uh, which is really exciting and also terrifying because whilst she's obviously an independent contractor I'm still responsible for anything that she does that represents my business so that's a bit scary um I've just taken on my first consultant solicitor so again she's representing the brand I I am putting a lot of faith in her to portray it in the right way you know and I'm sure she will she's great um but I think that is my next challenge is kind of figuring out how that feels what it looks like what I need to do 
you know, be careful not to get into the territory of micromanaging, you know, all that sort of stuff that I hate. I hated being micromanaged. I'm terrible at it. Some people love it and it works for them. I hated it. I was very much, tell me what you want me to achieve and I'll figure out a way to achieve it. If you have to tell me the steps, I can't like, especially if I think there's a different way of doing something, I really struggle with the idea that I think I might have a better way and you don't want me to do it. So I think that's probably, you know, in the next few months up leading up to Christmas and the last quarter of 2021 is definitely learning how to collaborate with people I'm working with and not and not be controlling or try to control what's happening so yeah it's exciting it's exciting and I wish you all the very best with that thank you and before we come um before we come to our close Catherine I'm going to ask you um anything you'd like to share that's happening in your business that you would like to share with our listeners so while you're having a think about what that might be um I'm also going to ask you what advice would you give your younger self about leadership from your experience to date? But while you're just having a thought about that, I am just going to share with the audience that if there is anybody who perhaps may be in a similar situation to Catherine and is starting a business, really defining where they want to take their business and would be interested in having a consultation with me to get some ideas, I am I am sharing an hour with you to um, openly kind of discuss your business, where you might like to take it and hopefully provide some very valuable input to get some clarity around that. Or if you're a leader and you, or you're stepping into leadership and you'd like some thoughts and ideas around that, please just go to rjen.online and you'll find a form there and we can look forward to having a discussion. So back to you, Catherine. Thank you for allowing me that. Let's start off with what advice would you give your younger self about stepping into leadership and setting up a business? Oh, gosh, this is a tough one. What advice would I give my younger self? Um, Be brave and be bold. And if you think you can, just do it. Because I think I have not wasted because I like to think that everything that I've been through has been a learning curve and a journey, but I think I probably could have done this sooner, but I lacked the self-confidence to know that I had something to bring to the table. So I think, I think, yeah, be brave and be bold and just do it. Well, I think that is great advice because so many people do kind of listen to those doubts in their mind. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. can I do it? What value do I provide? And who do I think I am? All that sort yeah. of narrative. I yeah, nothing like getting it out there and <laughs> yeah. not listening to those voices in your head, but actually looking at the facts. Yes, you know, absolutely. Of yeah. Getting clients mm-hmm. and getting feedback from them and progressing. Yeah, yeah. Um, through that. And what would you like to share with our listeners about anything to do with, you know, anything, exciting projects, ideas that you have for the future, plans that you have? Sure. Yeah, so um, I have just been in conversation, actually, with a group of other solicitors, commercial employment and another litigator, about starting um, a clubhouse chat. 
about you know kind of like business challenges a really open forum really for people to kind of pop in um ask questions you know because i think sometimes accessing legal services is is a step too far and actually you don't necessarily need to engage a solicitor you just have a question and so so that's quite exciting because i think we cover quite a good spectrum of the kinds of legal issues that business owners might face so that's something that we're looking at launching prior to christmas 2021 all being well so that's quite exciting um and then i suppose for the business itself i mean i'm just working towards my final quarter goals to be honest with you you know working with more clients i i'm keen to work with more debt recovery clients because i've just set up a, a really cool um process internally that basically manages the whole thing for them um so that's quite exciting I, i've got a few clients on that platform already um and i'm looking for more clients to be added to that but yeah i think i think at this point given that I'm only month five in, that actually it's really a case of head down, eyes front, um, and working towards those kind of last quarter goals of 2021. Well, thank you very much for sharing that, particularly as you said, it's head down, eyes down, <laughs> yes. uh, focusing in, yeah. to, for taking time to, to be our guest today and thank sharing you your me. experience with us and your insights and your thoughts around leadership. So thank you very much for that. And let's keep the work going forward that we have a leadership style that encourages people to be the best that they can be and to Absolutely. really flourish. Absolutely, for sure. I wish you all the very, very best with your business. And I love the clubhouse idea. So how could anybody who's interested in hearing about that or knowing more about that, how can they find out more? Probably um, link with me on LinkedIn for now, um, because we'll be posting updates on it there um, if anything is announced. So that's probably the best thing. So my LinkedIn handle is Catherine underscore Hyde underscore solicitor, I think. She very says. good. I Not very complicated. Remember mine. <laughs> but anyway, Catherine Hyde and yes, legal collaboration and yeah, uh, exactly. You'll find you. me. It's all very colourful and bright and very colourful. Yes, yeah. indeed. <laughs> Thanks so much, Catherine. Brilliant. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. And as always, if you enjoyed it, we welcome a review. And if you have any questions and like to get in touch with us, you can do that at the rjen.co.uk website.